iced coffee with Corey. I was just talking about going and getting some espresso after this. I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't know if it's the rain or what. I only had one coffee with Corey. I needed two or yeah. three, I think. I'm starting to fade, too. <laughs> now, we have our general manager here talking about Purim. And you can have access. You can go on the More Music app later on the podcast. You can also go on our website and listen back and read through all the yes. notes. Theoretically. Now, hopefully I'm going to get to all of that, but it will probably be later on this day because there's so much going on today. But I will post all the, the, the live breaks or the the on-air stuff as well as all of the notes for you. Okay, this is the last break we've got to. So we're talking about the Bride of Christ and how that relates to Esther. She is this beautiful picture of the Bride of Christ. Esther is literally queen of the world <laughs> with a hidden love for her Jewish roots. Suddenly, the world turns upside down, and her people are about to be destroyed. Her privilege and her destiny, well, things just change, huh? Suddenly, they come face-to-face -face with the reality that she is placed in this amazing life so that she can save her people, but only if she's willing to risk everything. See, she decides to obey and chooses fasting and intercession as her weapon. She'd been given intimacy with the king of this world and every treasure she desired, but she surrendered it all to God to experience intimacy with him. Disaster was turned into victory. Their enemies destroyed and the kingdom was delivered to her people, that is the saints. It's a beautiful picture of the end times and of the church. One final exciting development, many of the peoples of the earth became Jews. So in the end times paradigm, that is, the, this previews this great harvest of souls during the tribulation and many saints recognizing that they're connected to Israel and develop a love for their people. Matthew 25 has a pretty stark warning. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise, five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps, took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming, and go out to meet him, which is repent. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So there's a lot of imagery in there, and some of that you, we've been talking about as we've been going through the story of Esther and looking back at some of the animosity that existed because of Jacob and Esau and Benjamin and, and on and on and on. So oil causes the lamps to light up. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit illuminating the Word of God. We have to count the costs. Jesus said, buy from me. Sometimes he said, come to me and I'll give you. In Revelation, in the letters to the churches, he said, buy from me. See, the ten wise virgins, he said, needed to buy oil from him, not from people, but from him. They should have counted the cost. They didn't. They were cast into outer darkness. Between the Feast of First Fruits and Pentecost, they were commanded to count the days, 50 days to Pentecost. Jesus stayed on the earth for 40 days before he ascended and then said, wait for Pentecost to receive, which came 10 days later. See, that's a shadow counting. That's the focus.
You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be saved, but he wants you to be filled. He wants you to be full of him so you can shine your light, which requires oil him. He said darkness is going to come on the face of the earth, so he knows you will use up your oil. So he says, buy for me. Come to get full. Be filled. That's all that means. Revelation chapter 4, to lay to see. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich, I've acquired wealth, do not need a thing. But you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I canceled to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. See, they didn't count the cost. You have to buy from Jesus, not from man. There'll be many full pews the day after the rapture because they spent their time only trying to buy from man instead of Jesus. This is all about spending time in his presence to be filled with him. So like Moses, we glow when we return into the world. See, the Lord expects light from his people. The light of God in our lives comes from the Holy Spirit only, which causes ministry to happen in the lives of believers. Burning oil produces light. If we're spiritual virgins, because we are betrothed to Jesus, we ought to bear his light in this dark world. Still, he's told us that some virgins will not have the wisdom to do it. So it is a warning to us, a warning not to quench the spirit, but to be filled with him and to be light of the world. Now, I'll leave you this last verse or two that I believe may help us make sense of these seasons we're in in the midst of traveling through. There is a way to walk in victory like Esther, like Mordecai. There is a way that God has designed for his bride to carry herself so that he can carry her. It's from Psalm 84. Blessed is the man or woman or child whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which means weeping, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools or blessings. They go from strength to strength. And each one appears before God in Zion. And another translation says, uh, each one appears before the God of gods shall be seen. That is, not just that he'll, uh, each of them come before God, but that God himself shall be seen, shall be made visible. So that's Psalm 84. I just challenge you, we are called to go on that pilgrimage. And that pilgrimage may look very odd this year because we are, if I'm correct, just living in the year that is going to resemble Esther and that journey. So I just uh, pray God would bless you and keep you and strengthen you and renew you this year, that you have a boldness, whether it's fasting or praying or seeking his face, that you would know intimacy with him above all. In Jesus' name.